I'm Kyle Northcutt. Welcome to the Kids Learn Career Show. Each week, I ask a different person about their job so you can know what your options are out in the world. My guest today is Esther Sperber, an architect. Esther, welcome to the show. Hi, Kyle. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. First off, can you tell me what an architect is and what it's like to be one? Um, of course. So I would start and say that I really love being an architect because it's actually a job that has a lot of different parts to it. So um, when you ask what an architect does, um, I can describe the job, but there are also many little niche parts that you could focus on within the whole profession. So architects in general design buildings. So um, the when you have a need for a renovation or a new building or an addition to an existing building, somebody needs to think first um, what, what is needed, and then come up with plans of how exactly that would be built. Um, what kind of spaces, how big they should be, what the walls will be made out of, where should the light switches be. There are a lot, a lot of um, big picture ideas that you need to think about, and then also very small details that describe how every little piece of the building gets um, put together. And then we draw uh, plans um, that um, then are given to the contractor who builds the building. So um, we design the buildings and then we kind of give the instructions to someone else to build it. Uh, but I typically stay very involved also during construction. So I'm not building the buildings myself, but I come to the site at least once a week and I talk to the people who are building it and help them answer any questions. Um, Sometimes there are surprises, you can't do something we thought we could do, or suddenly we realize this room feels too small. Um, so we would work very closely with the builders um, to make sure that everything goes correctly and um, until the building is completely finished. And then we do something called the sign off. So we say, hey, this is what we designed. This is all safe and code compliant. And um, when we sign off on it, the owners and tenants get the keys and that's the end of our job. Cool. So what kinds of things do you actually do day to day at work? Um, so there, I, I touched on a little bit of the things we do day to day. So there are different phases of our work and they, they involve different kinds of activities. So mm -hmm. um, for me, as the owner of my company, I do a little bit of everything. So um, I meet new clients and talk to them and try to hear what they need and see if, if that's a good fit for us. Um, then we sit down and do design for them. We look online at all kinds of inspirational images for the kind of thing we're doing. So for example, if we're doing a school, we try to learn a little bit about new innovative schools or sustainable schools or um, schools of the particular type that we're designing. Um, and then we'll try to come up with our own idea that relates to the exact location of this school and the type of um, needs that these clients have. Um, so that can take a few months. We could work on the plans um, anywhere from like three months to maybe a year to just get all the information um, onto a set of drawings that can be used for building. Um, then we also have to get approvals for these plans from the city um, or the township. So that involves sometimes going and presenting it to the officials 
um, making some corrections if they ask for that. Mm -hmm. um, and throughout this process, we always all we always also meet with the clients. So if we're working on the plans for a year, every month or two months, we would meet with the clients and present our progress and you know present additional information like, oh, here we are starting to think about the different materials that we'll use. Do you like these colors? Do you like this look? Mm -hmm. We could do this or that. Um, and then once we're done with the plans, we'll meet with the contractors and explain the project so they can price it out and bid for the job. And then typically it's another, you know, six months to a year or for bigger projects, it could be even two years to just oversee the construction process and see that they're building this correctly. Wow. So when did you first know you wanted to do this kind of work? That's a great question. Um, when I was growing up, um, I, I'm from Israel. I grew up in Israel, in Jerusalem. I don't think I knew any architects. Like I knew in theory that that's a profession, um, but I don't think I personally had ever met someone who did that. Mm -hmm. um, so that wasn't something I was so aware of as a profession. When I was thinking about what I would want to study um, in, um, in college, um, I was looking at fields that relate to both art and kind of science or not really necessarily science, but kind of some more rational side to them as well as an artistic yeah. side. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking about graphic design and then I thought, well, architecture sounds like that kind of a job where, mm -hmm. you know, it's not completely open-ended like, you know, just drawing and painting. Um, but it involves, you know, some engineering and some math and some, you know, research, but also a really artistic side. And so I um, decided to apply to architecture school and I went to do, um, in Israel, they had this exam that you had to take. It's like a five hour exam where you couldn't really prepare for it. You just came and they gave you a problem and said, you know, try to design this thing. And they evaluated if they thought you'd be good at it. And I really enjoyed the test. It was kind of like a really fun project. We were supposed to design a daycare center. Um, and so that made me really excited about um, trying out this profession. And then as soon as I started my first semester, I really loved it because um, architecture school, the actual studying process is a little bit like a mini work environment. Like you have um, something that's called a studio. So two or three times a week, you have a course where you're actually designing something and your professor comes and gives you comments and feedback mm -hmm. and your friends give you feedback and you hang up your drawings on the wall. And um, I really love doing it. So once I started studying, I was really confident that this was something I, I would like doing, but I didn't totally know what it was like before I started. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so did you consider any other jobs or careers before this one? And can you tell us a bit about the path you took to get here? Um, sure. So well, I, I think I mentioned the other thing I was yeah. toying with was graphic design. Mm -hmm. um, there are some things that are similar about it because it's a profession kind of in the design realm mm -hmm. um, and a quite... Um, varied type of profession like there's lots of different things that you can do with graphic design yeah um and it's also 
a profession, an artistic profession that you do for a particular client. So it's not completely open-ended, like you're actually trying to do a project for a specific client. Yeah. Um, so that was the other thing I considered. And I, I was a little disappointed because I didn't get into the uh, program that I applied for. Mm-hmm. But um, as I said, like once I started studying architecture, I was really glad that that other option didn't work out. And sometimes I think that's a good thing to also remember that, you know, sometimes you're not, you don't actually know what you're going to love before you try it out. So Mm -hmm. sometimes you kind of have to gut, you know, give something a try, maybe take a course or do a summer program or even just apply to, to a program and see if that's the right thing for you. Yeah. So what do you like most and least about your job? Uh, I like a lot of things about my job. I like the fact that um, there are different aspects to it. So I could find myself one day just sitting there staring at an Excel spreadsheet with lots of numbers, mm-hmm. trying to figure out the budget and the schedule and things like that. And then on another day, I could be going to a tile store and looking at different materials and picking out things and putting them together to see how they look. And then on a third day, I could be, you know, wearing my construction work boots and climbing on a scaffolding and looking at the concrete to see if it's poured correctly. Mm -hmm. Um, I really like that there's a lot of interaction with people, um, both my staff and my office, because architecture is really, building a building is something you can't do alone. It's so complicated. you need people who actually know how to build it, but you also need a lot of engineers and consultants that help you. And then of course you need your clients. So I really love the fact that I get to work with a lot of different kinds of people and um, try to help everyone collaborate and um, towards the same goal. What I don't like, that's a good question. There aren't a lot of things I don't like. Sometimes, Sometimes I'm just a little stressed. I don't like having too much work yeah. and feeling like I'm falling behind and my clients need answers and the contractors need answers and I'm not available for, you know, as quickly as I would like to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so now a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Kids Green Team, a business startup kit I created with my friend Micah. Here's the problem we learned about that we couldn't ignore. Your city doesn't recycle plastic grocery bags, shipping air pillows, bubble wrap, and other plastic like that. Whether you throw them in the trash yourself or put them in your curbside recycling bin, they're headed for a landfill, or worse, the ocean. But that's where my friend Micah and I come in. We've built an entire course to teach kids like us how to turn this unnecessary waste into a successful business, profitable from month number one. Check it out at kidsgreenteam.com. Let's do some good together. Okay, now back to the show. What level of education do you have? Was that required for your job or not? Um, so um, in order to be, there are different ways you can become licensed as an architect. And I think different countries and maybe even different states have slightly different um, requirements, but it is a profession like medicine or law where you have to get a license to perform that job. Um, what I did was a little bit unusual because I studied in Israel where you do a five-year undergrad 
program that allows you to become a licensed architect. In the US, most people um, go to college, maybe they major in architecture, um, and then they go to grad school for three years to get a graduate degree in architecture. I came to the US after my five years um, in undergrad architecture school and did a one year master's program here in New York. And um, that's another option. And then once you finish your education, you have to go and work somewhere for a few years to get um, experience. And then you can take a series of exams that um, allow you to become a licensed architect. So then you, you're allowed to certify that the plans are correct and that they can be built. Cool. So how much money would someone starting out in your field expect to make? And what's the long-term income potential? Um, so one of the one of the things about architecture, and we always joke about it, is that people love this profession so much that they're willing to work for very little money because it's just such mm -hmm. a nice um, career. Yeah. Um, so it's not as, as professions where you have to, you know, go to do a lot of education and get licensed. It's probably not one of the highest paying ones. Mm -hmm. um, so typically people who finish architecture school, um, at least in New York, I don't know in other places, would have a salary of around 60 or $65,000 a year. Mm -hmm. um, and then it really depends as you get more experienced, of course, your salary can increase, you know, to double that or even more. And if you're a firm owner um, and you have, you know, multiple people working for you, you can probably make up to like $200,000 a year, maybe something like that. And that really depends if you're working in a very large firm, some firms have hundreds of people um, and then their salaries are obviously higher. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so how much free time do you have? Like do you work a traditional 40 hour work week more or less? Um, so in general, my office works on a traditional 40 hours a week and we try to respect people's time, you know, so that they're not working on the weekends and at night. Once in a while, if we have a big deadline, we have to finish a set of drawings for a particular client. Um, we might work a little bit extra. And then usually when people work extra time, I give them a, a comp day, like a day off to kind of mm. chill and relax. Mm. Um, the funny thing is that actually over the pandemic, we've been really, really busy and um, have had a kind of, just some really wonderful, exciting new projects, bigger projects. Um, so I've been working way too many hours. I've been working till late at night and on the weekends, but I'm really hoping to try to balance that out in the future and get back to a more normal schedule. Yeah. So what advice do you have for young people considering what you do for the job? Um, I really love being an architect. I think it's, it's one of the most exciting and fun professions. You kind of come up with the dream of an idea, you know, here's how we could solve some problem that someone has, like, you know, here's like a dream home for this family or an office space for, you know, a professional. And then you actually get to see it built, um, which is amazing. And then you can walk through and people can use it. Um, and I guess, so for me, this is really one of the funnest possible things to do. And I guess my advice would be that if you're thinking about it and you're unsure, you should try to maybe find someone who's 
in this profession as you know, even while you're in high school or in college and see if you could come shadow them for a week or get an internship in, a sum, in the summer and just get a sense of what, what it is that people do when they work as an architect, because it's really not something you study in school and you'd be able to know, you know, based on your education, if it's something that speaks to you. Yeah. So this one is borrowed from Tim Ferriss, a best-selling author and one of the top podcasters in the world. When is one of the best or most worthwhile investments you've ever made? Um, I think one thing that I've learned is that a lot of things that you do and you think were a failure or mm-hmm. didn't pan out, actually in the long run, like you get to make use of them. So we worked on a competition for a synagogue building and I was really, and we won and we then kind of worked some more on making it more real. And then that project got canceled. And I felt really sorry that we put all this time into this design I was excited about that didn't pan out. Um, But in the long run, I think a lot of great things happened even from that kind of failed project. Um, We had some really great images that led to people finding us online and contacting us for other projects. And some of the concepts that we came up with for that particular job ended up informing other synagogue projects that we're doing now. So I think what I've learned is that even the things you do that don't work out um, and you invest a lot of time and you think they were, you know, a waste um, Mm -hmm. end up kind of making, you know, end up being a good investment and something that you can make use of and learn from. Yeah. So was there a time in your life where you felt like you completely failed at something, but it ended up helping later on in life? Um, I think one thing that I was trying to do many years ago was find a business partner, somebody that we could work together and share some of the burdens of running a business and also um, it would be exciting to work with another peer. Um, and I worked with a friend for a few years and we did some really great projects, but we ended up not being able to solve our kind of negotiation process of how to share the business and how to run it together. Mm-hmm. And at the time it felt like a real failure. Like I really wanted to have another person to share, to share the firm with, um, And that's a little bit different than having employees that, you know, you don't share necessarily like the risks and the calculations of like, should, how much should we spend on things? And um, so I I felt really bad when we couldn't make it work out, me and this partner. Um, But I think in the long run, it turned out to be a good thing because I do like in a way, the freedom of just working on my own. And, um, and I don't think, I think it made things more independent for me in a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So was there a person in your life, like a parent, grandparent, teacher, coach, or mentor that made a huge impact on you? If so, in what way? And would you like to give that person a quick shout out? I would love to get a, to give, uh, there are a lot of people who are great in, in my 
in my life. And I would love to give some of them a shout out. One of them is my professor in undergrad architecture school at the Technion in Haifa. His name was Robert, his name is Robert Oxman. Mm -hmm. And he was just a wonderful person and mentor and teacher and kind of really taught me to think about architecture as a meaningful um, endeavor. And I'm still in touch with him. And once in a while I send him an email and he sends me an email back and it's really heartwarming um, to, to have that connection still alive. Um, and then the, my, the two places I've worked at um, before I started my firm, both of those architects who were my bosses were really special and um, great teachers. One of them was in Israel, David Reznik. Um, and the other one, I was really fortunate to work for a great architect and um, whose name is I.M. Pei. Um, people know him sometimes from the Glass Pyramid and the Louvre in Paris. And I worked for him and his two sons and for about five years. And they were both, you know, amazing architects, really, really talented with really amazing clients and projects and also really kind people who cared about their staff and knew to value the people who worked for them. And so I learned a lot from, from those three people. Well, so knowing what you know now, would you have done anything differently growing up? I don't think so. I, I, you know, I really feel like I was fortunate to have gambled like a little bit in trying out architecture, um, something I wasn't really so knowledgeable about. Mm -hmm. And it turned out to be something I really love. And I'm, I'm really happy I took that chance and that it was the right thing for me. Cool. So what's the best advice you have for young people who want to be successful in life and in their work? Um, I think finding something you love doing is, is the most important thing, at least for me. Um, I wake up every morning kind of excited to get to work, excited to work on the projects I need to do. Um, in every profession, there's something you don't love. Um, but if there's enough of stuff that you love, then um, it, makes, it makes it a fun thing. It makes it the thing you want to do, regardless of um, the requirements. And so mm -hmm. I think try to find something you're passionate about, something you enjoy doing, and follow it. That's great advice. Awesome. Thanks, Esther. Now it's time for the joke of the day. What do you call a sleeping bull? Hmm, I'm not sure. A bulldozer. <laughs> That's great. Thanks. Thanks again for joining us on the Kids Learn Career Show. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and tell your friends. See you next time.